Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Carrie the Mokne. I'm Drama Geek. I'm K-Drama Jen. And I'm K-Muse. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have monthly episodes we release exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And it's a great place to chat with us about recent dramas, what we're watching, all those fun stuff. The link is going to be in our show notes. Okay, today we are going to do the first half of podcapping. Do you like Brahms? We all are we all started watching it and realized how much we liked it. I think we were originally going to podcap Alice and then things kind of went south for some of us, so we were like, no. But this one has all of us excited and we're doing the first half, so it's um episode 1 through 8. And I'm frantically trying to get the synopsis because I'm supposed to say the synopsis without spoilers or whatever <laughs> as I try not to you. There we go. Sorry. And the my drama list usually has a little bit more of a longer one. Um, mm-hmm. So, okay. So in defiance of her family's opposition, Song Ah gets accepted to the music school of the same university where she originally majored in business. As she's seven years older than her classmates, she finds her academic life daunting and struggles to find find strength. One day she hears Jun Young play oh, and this who somebody who does classical music, please say the name of the piece, Chamery. Which comforts her. Jun Young is a talented pianist who started playing the piano when he was six. He's been friends with um, Jun Kyung, the granddaughter of the Kyung Ho Group's CEO, for a long time and is in love with her. And when he decides to keep his distance from Jun Kyung, he meets Song Ah. So that's the brief synopsis of it. And oh, and we will be saying spoilers. So this is a recap of episode one through eight. And we'll be talking about all the nitty gritty of it. So if you haven't watched the drama, you may not want to listen to the podcast and just go watch it and then come back. So we're going to start off like we always start off when talking about a new drama. What made us decide to watch this drama? Uh, I know for myself, I saw a lot of buzz on it the week it started on Twitter. And I'm always a sucker for hearing buzz And I'm like, okay, I'll go check it out. Even though I wasn't going to because the trailers were really boring. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm talking full out out snooze fest of boring trailers. Like, they were not at all interesting. Um, But I was hearing, hey, it's really good. It's really good. So I I went and checked it out. And I'm so glad I did because I fell in love. And, of course, K-Muse, in her usual fashion, pestered the rest of us into watching it. <laughs> I, know, I, I mega nagged. <laughs> yeah, you did. You have to watch this. I'm pretty sure you repeated that several times over several days. But the other thing that drew me in, Park uh, Yoon Bin, she was the female lead in Hot Stove League. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed her character in there. So I was interested to see how she performed in this drama. And I also, I really like, oh, the leading guy. Hang on. Kim Min Jae. Yes, him. I liked him since Goblin, and so I was just, I thought, this will be an interesting pairing. So I between K-Muse's nagging and the interesting pairing, that's what got me to start. Usually I would say it's slight peer pressure, but I was an all-out nag. I was like, oh my gosh, no one is watching this with me. I'm so upset. Wow. So specifically, her use of talking about the um, directing 
the color palette and the calmness of it. Because I think the main things I was watching at the time was like Stranger and Flower to e- a Flower of Evil. And I needed something that was in contrast to that. So I was like, you know, she won't shut up. So I will <laughs> go over <laughs> and check it and out because green caps. And I'm like, look mm-hmm. at the pretty color. <laughs> yes. So that is why I checked it out. And I definitely, I agreed with her that the first, you know, the tone of it, the feeling and the couple themselves was just very uh, soothing and exactly what I needed at that moment. So for me, um, I found this kind of on my own. I was looking at Kakawa, Kokawa, <laughs> um, and it was, and it, you know, it showed up. Um, and I've been in kind of a drama drought just in the sense of I've just been really overwhelmed with all the other things that I've been doing. And I just haven't had time to watch dramas, which is crazy for me, because um, normally I have I don't know, nine or 10 that I'm watching at a time. And so anyway, I just, I've been in this place where I would watch maybe 10, 15 minutes of something and then I'd lose interest and I'd have to go. It wasn't that I lost interest. It's just, I have so much going on in my head right now with, with my day job that I would get distracted and have to go do work or something and I wouldn't get back to it. And so I started this and I just felt this, I just felt happy and calm and like it was just a happy place drama for me. And so it it just felt, I don't know, cozy. So anyway, I started watching it and then I was talking with K Muse and she said she was watching it. Um, And so I did jump in to do the first impression because I was really enjoying it. So, so this one is sort of serendipity that I was watching it and other people were watching it, and here we are. Okay, so we talked about why we decided to watch it. What do we like and dislike about the leading lady, uh, uh, Cha sung And I will say that when I first started watching, and I did put this in our um, first impression, when I first started watching... She she came across as a little bit of like a pushover, like not not super strong, not standing up for herself. And then I completely changed my mind. And so what I at first thought I didn't like, I actually love, is that she stands up for the things that really matter when they matter. But there's a strength in the way that she in her patience in some sense. And I, it's, she's just a very different kind of leading lady for me. She's not an in your face, feisty, sassy kind of leading lady, which is normally, I guess, kind of either what I'm drawn to or, or what is in most dramas these days. And so I just, I love that about her. I'm a little frustrated with like, I don't know. She seems to have allowed this. She kind of had this long, like unrequited love for her friend, but she sort of took the backseat to allow her friend to have a chance with him. And once her friend claimed him, she, she sort of stepped back. And so there's some frustration in that, but then there's also some nobility in that because she knew that her friend liked him. And so I have a little bit of a mixed feeling, but overall, 
I really like her as a leading lady. She has a um, a very deep strength because, I mean, just when you get farther and further in the drama, you can see how uh, looked down upon people who aren't that born talent, the natural talent are treated within the college elite community. And so everything that she's done in her college career after she decided to pursue music, she's had to have a strength. Yeah, she might be like when that first couple of scenes where you see her and there, you know, she's bowing her head and she does kind of have that feeling of that she might let people walk on her. But like you were saying, she stands up for what the things that are important. And she also really does have this strength of like, I know I'm not the best. I'm not naturally talented, but I work really hard at something that I love. And a lot of these people who are naturally talented have been doing it for a long time, who have had albums out. They don't even love it anymore. And she still has that where she still fights for a place in the spotlight only because she loves it so much, not so that she can be, you know, popular and and all that stuff, just because she loves music so much. And I think that a huge percentage of the population when it comes to the arts, when it comes to, you know, drawing or, you know, painting or singing or, you know, any of that kind of stuff, we all fall into the category of like, we're not naturally talented and we'll have to work really hard at it to, you know, to be recognized and to be able to just continue to do what we love. And that's my favorite part about her. And also her, uh, connection and the, uh, walking kind of the same line with the the male lead. Like they're in sync most of the time. The last couple episodes I've been like, okay, you two need to just get it together because you're not in sync anymore. Because they, when they start this drama out, they're almost magically in sync with some of the ways that they're, you know, feeling about their relationships and the, the different things. So I love her connection to him and how they're both kind of in sync. And she's just a very grounded, normal human being, very relatable uh, female lead. I really like her character. Well, I really love that she just feels classy. Mm -hmm. You know, she has this elegance and serenity about her that you see all these other people in the story. They just don't have, there's a, she's very serene. Mm-hmm. She kind of reminds me of like a Jacqueline Kennedy or something, you know, where she holds herself in a way that no matter where she ends up in life, you know, she's going to be doing it on her own terms and she's going to be kind while doing it. She's not a person who's going to get vindictive when she has to give her shoes up to someone who kind of belittles her. She's not vicious about it. She does it and she holds herself with a dignity that a lot of people would not have. She's not just falling apart. I mean, she's still upset about the situation, but she's not falling apart and she's not accepting that their definition of her is what she is. And I just really love that in her character. Dignified yeah, is a dignified. really good way to describe her because she doesn't pull out claws. I mean, because the her the person that interned with her is very catty. Like she just mm-hmm. she says these backbiting things and these little things, and and she just kind of like doesn't gossip and doesn't you know go to that level and just kind of 
you know, she's going to be kind to people when they deserve it. Yeah. And it's something that we are not seeing almost anyone else doing in this um, competitive atmosphere. Mm -hmm. It's all very vicious and gossiping. And it's, it's so nice to see someone who's not doing that. You want her to succeed. I don't think there's anything I really dislike about her. And you can't see it, but I'm nodding along with all of you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she is quiet. She is dignified. She just, she has a steel resolve. Like she will do what she wants to do because obviously her family did not support her going back for a second degree. And in music, you know, that's not, they don't see her having a career path. I mean, it reminds me of record of youth that way. And I'm not sure she sees it either, but with her quiet dignity, She's pulling people to her that, I mean, she's forming the kind of connections that will serve her in the future. Like during her internship, I can't remember the lady's position, but basically the director of the department she was Mm -hmm. in, they're obviously, they're becoming closer friends. And I can, to me, it seems like those connections come easily to her and people become loyal to her because of her dignity and her kindness. Mm -hmm. So she kind of, I keep thinking about water when I think about her very serene, but very much She gets her way in the end. All right. So her other half, like we said, is being played by Kim Min Jae. And um, he's finally settling into a solid leading man in his performance as Park Jun Young. What is clicking with us? And I I can say that I really liked his um, character in, what was that? Like, it it was, he was with Do Hwan and uh, not Suzy, but. Temptation or Tempted. Yeah, I too. liked I liked his his character in that. That was a ton of fun, but he's definitely not that character in this at all. Um, he's the character that even some of the other characters that drive me crazy. He's the character I can get the most frustrated with, but it's not a bad frustration because I know he's growing and working through some of his things as a person. But he, I, his, he is also a very quiet character. And that's where the frustration comes in sometimes is because he doesn't speak up for himself a lot of times. And he seems he he seems to kind of just have floated through his life and, and done what he felt he needed to do all of this time. And I am just I cannot wait for the moments where he kind of get gets past that. And once you start seeing the passion come out in him, because I don't know if that he's ever been passionate about what he's doing and people like that can be frustrating and she's called him on it of like, you're, you were just born talented. And although he worked really hard at it, so he wasn't just born talented. There was a ton of work that went into what he can do, but I cannot wait for the moment where he just really starts falling in love with playing the piano and making and creating music. I think that his acting style is really going to lend to that being something to watch and unfold on the screen. I'm excited for that to to come. I'm really enjoying him in this. I have liked Kim and Jay since Goblin. Um, and then he was in Tempted or Temptation with the Juan. And even in uh, the Joseon marriage, marriage agency, mm-hmm. it was kind of a quirky show, but like, I still like him. And just this character, I just think is just perfect. He's just He's really doing a great job making me feel like 
everything that he's feeling, this idea that he's sort of almost is doing all of this out of guilt and and he just he and he's entered competition so he can make the money. And then you have in contrast this girl, Chasonga, who's who's not as talented naturally, but she just loves to play violin. Mm. And she puts everything she has into it because she loves it. Um, and just that contrast is just amazing between the two of them. I also just love just the way that they are together, that they're this really awkward kind of both introverted cu- couple, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, they're moving towards being a couple. And he communicates through music. And so even though he hasn't discovered yet necessarily this deep love for for his craft the way that Chung Sung has, I love that the way he expresses his feelings is through his musical selections. And that's super nerdy, but um, I just, I do, I really enjoy that. So he's really clicking for me. I I love the two of them as an OTP. And I'm liking him too. I think they're a good match in the fact that they both embody that quiet dignity. And obviously he's been struggling with a lot of things in his life, things that he's, and probably the thing that bugs me is he keeps way too much to himself. He doesn't share his burdens. And obviously that's, we might discuss that later. I don't know, but that's something that bugs Song Ah too, is just, he does not open up. But other than that, I mean, he, he could be angsty and it could be a really frustrating type of angsty, but the way that Kim Min Jae is playing Jun Young, I feel for him. I'm on his team and I'm rooting for him. And I just want him like K-Drama did said, I just, I want him to have that strength to finally share his burdens instead of just trying to shoulder them all himself. I'm really, really, really enjoying him in this role. I've seen him in a couple other things, and he's good, but he's never really clicked as that leading man, suave masculinity that Mm -hmm. you thought he was going to bring. But this is like the first time where it's like, oh, yeah, he is owning this character. I really like, as you said, one of my favorite scenes is... The annoying second lead girl had been whining about how he doesn't talk out. He doesn't let people know his feelings. All he does is play his music. And then we kind of see him with Sangha and he is expressing his feelings. He's just doing it through his music. And she understands that. Whereas the other girl just finds it frustrating and annoying, you know? And so I love that he's getting just that, click with someone else that he's obviously been missing and it's so sad that he's gone through his life without that friend that's going to be there no matter what because his two friends are maybe not the most supportive people and so I'm just really liking him in this character I a huge fan thumbs up I really hope this is the start for a good career for him so, on t- as we talk about them individually, let's talk about them together. OTP, fizz- sizzling or fizzling? And I have to admit, they are the reason I'm watching this show. Uh, with my annoyance with some of the other characters, there's a chance that if it wasn't such a great OTP, I would dump it and just be like, you know, it was really pretty, blah, blah, blah. 
but I can't deal with these secondary characters. But because they are so good at emotionally sucking me into their relationship, even though it hasn't like become a romantic relationship yet, I'm totally on board and I think they totally sizzle. So it's a very, very quiet sizzle, uh, a slow burn sizzle, but yes, they sizzle. Have we all watched to the end of eight? I was just going to say, say, because you guys keep saying they haven't like uh, made it to being a couple, but have have we watched? I have halfway (sighs) to go through eight because I was. (sighs) We can't talk about the. the piano session, <laughs> <laughs> the piano piece. <laughs> In my defense, I was trying to stay along with the recaps that I was doing for the, the mm. blog. And then I was like, oh, crap, I need to get through eight today. But I still had to write out all the formatting. And then I have my parents visiting from out of town and they took all my day shopping. Like, that's all they wanted to do. And I'm like, oh, my word, I need to get home. So I only got an hour and a half of actual TV time before we started recording. So I haven't watched and I'm excited now because yay, sizzle. Mm. I was going to say it's it, it was a slow burn to the sizzle. And then I feel like at the end of episode eight, it was just there's some things in a relationship where you're like, eh, I mean, that was that was good but it didn't necessarily meet like match the couple. And this is just one of those, like I could see it happen in real life. It was awkward, but perfect and sizzled. And yeah, you're gonna, I'm so excited. Yeah. I will watch that tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, um, yeah, sizzle. (laughs) I have enjoyed them from the beginning, but Mm -hmm. there has been a really powerful chemistry between the two of them. It's awkward. It's like two introverts kind of figuring things out and it's not, you know, an in your face kind of chemistry. And then, but you can feel it Mm -hmm. and yeah, piano session sizzle, I would say. (laughs) End of episode eight. And good directing, good directing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Watch that again. One angle in particular. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. All right. So moving on. How many love triangles can you throw into one drama? And are any of them working for us? Why or why not? And oh, that was one of the things that I noticed right off the bat. We have two broken love triangles, and then the two people from those love triangles are now colliding, and it just. <sighs> we're going to complain about people later, right? Yeah. Well. Uh, only second lead girl. So if you have complaints about the other characters, feel free <laughs> okay, to go for it. So I will unleash <laughs> a little bit <laughs> because Sana, she's in her own love triangle. Kind of. I'm not sure entirely that she is in love with CEO Yoon, the instrument repair guy. Yeah. But there's definitely something he definitely surprised her. I forget what episode it was where she brought her violin in and he's like, you need to talk to it. You need to say, I love you. But he just, all he says is, I love you. And then he fills in with the, you need to say that to your violin. You can tell that she's really shocked when he says that. But I don't know if she was startled because he's finally saying something that she's wanted to hear anyway. But so that he's the male portion of that love triangle. And then there's her best friend whose name I don't know. And I don't care. But she is just so blinders on and just goes to song awe and dumps all her emotional drama on her. 
and then rarely takes the time to listen to song on what's going on with her. And I'm just like, this is not a best friend. This is just someone who found a listening ear and is willing to just pour everything into it. So they annoy the crap out of me. But at the same time, it kind of gives song on, you know, it gives a nice contrast to song on Jun young and how they need to get out of these toxic triangles and find something better for themselves. Hmm. Yeah, we have. It's it's interesting to have um, double triangles. Like, so you have the love triangle, whatever that is, with Chungsa and the CEO Yoon and her friend. And then on the other side, you have Jun Young and his. Uh, yeah, it was Jun Young, right? Mm-hmm. Jun yeah. Young and the girl that he has loved forever and his very best friend who he doesn't want to disturb because his best friend ended up with the girl that he loved. So you've got that side. And then you have Chung Sa, who basically, you know, her best friend hooked up with the guy that she liked. And so it's this kind of, it's partly, I think, why, Jun Young and Sung Ah kind of were leading parallel lives in a way and had similar feelings. So I don't, it's interesting to me because I think that the triangles, the double triangles do help us kind of see how Sung Ah and Jun Young can connect and how that because they've had these similar experiences, they're naturally understanding one another. And then I also love the connection to Brahms, where they talk about him being in kind of a love triangle. So that that's working for me in that sense. I don't necessarily like all the personalities. I think that, you know, CEO Yun has, you know, hooking up with her best friend. That was a very bad idea. And I mean, how could he not know that she had liked him? Anyway, it's working for me as a plot device. I'll say that. These four would not know a healthy relationship if it came and bit them in the butt. I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh, my word. Because we have, like, CEO Yoon and her bestie. And he... This is the one that confuses me the most. And I actually did talk about this in my recaps. He doesn't seem like a horrible person. He doesn't seem like he's a total jerk. But... The way he treats her friend and telling her that she's he's embarrassed that he dated her or slept with her and all this stuff, he's so cruel. And it just you just are like, where is this coming from? Because this isn't the person you see in all the other scenes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very confused. And I don't think that he owes it to her to date the friend, you know, because she's kind of like keeps running her head and hitting it against him. And I like you, I like you, I like you. And she knows he doesn't feel the same. So I think that I don't have any sympathy for the friend for getting dumped because she keeps doing this over and over again. You know, at some point you just got to move on. And then there's the other ones where it's the exact same thing. They keep it like having the same conversation over and over and over again as well, I liked you. I liked you. Why don't you like me? You know, what's wrong? Why can't we do this? Blah, 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 blah. And she's like a total jerk. And he keeps just hitting his head against their relationship. And it's really annoying. And I'm, 
It's so odd because you see the flashback of her smiling and I'm like, oh my gosh, she can do something other than mopey face. It's a shock. (laughs) (laughs) And so I wish that we saw a little bit more nuances between them because I feel like they're just these characters or character. uh, How do you even say that word? (laughs) Caricatures. Yes. I feel like they're just put in as a plot device and not as real people because their relationships are one note. And so it's very frustrating when you see the leads have such a depth of relationship and connections. And yet these friends that they have, there's no, like, we don't even know exactly why all of them feel the way they do. I I don't know. It's just, it feels very fake and it, I feel like I don't really even know these characters and they could be interchangeable and it wouldn't really matter. So anyway, that's my feelings on. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like the two triangles are used to kind of understand our leads in that, like, I'm pretty sure that both of them liked the other person and the person liked them back but that neither of them acted on their feelings. And with Jun Young, it was almost in a way of like, he has kind of held her at a distance because of their financial and status, power status and everything. And so I think the second female lead, she just was like, fine, I'm just going to go start dating this other guy who was their friend. And so that relationship formed. And so then it put made him push her back, push her away even more of like, okay, you're dating my friend. I've just realized that I loved you and now I can't date you. And so I'm going to not do that. With the other guy, I'm not quite sure exactly why he never like went after Sung Ah. Like I'm not quite sure. They haven't really shown a lot of that of like, how did her bestie get together with him? Why would he have dated her bestie instead of her if he liked her the whole time? But it does, again, show that like Song Ah kind of never went after that. She was just kind of in the background and okay with their relationship being the way that it is. And then now it's both like the current day, it's both of like these two people feel like they missed out on the leads. And so now they're trying to go after them. And so it does kind of put this like, especially with the second female lead, it's like, no, you chose to date the best friend. You're the one that took that relationship in a different place. And now it's awkward and weird. And and it would be a betrayal if you started, if you you two started dating. So like you kind of created that situation and I'm not going to feel sorry for you because you created that situation. But her character recently has really shown that she's always been jealous of him and his fame and him being able to be on that other level. And so... I don't know. They have an interesting dynamic to me, at least, but uh, most of it just kind of brings it back to showing what kind of people our leads are, how well they do connect and how well they are meant for each other and how the other couple, even if they would have pursued them, it just never would have worked out because there was never, there was always that kind of like jealousy separation at least on the female lead second lead and june young like his the the, because of all of those dynamics of his grandma taking you know her grandma taking care of him and and sponsoring him and all of that there was just so many different things standing in their way of them being able to be a successful couple 
And I just wish she would see that and just go away and maybe jump off a cliff. But, you know, that's just my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that um, I did bring up earlier, but is just so prevalent throughout the show is the use of classical music. And so our question is, are we enjoying this, the classical music pieces and how they are being used in the show? And so I have to say, I love this aspect of the show. I love it so much. It's really smart the way they're doing it. Like it's just, first of all, the way they have him communicating through through music, the way she, like the arrangements that she was suggesting and how that kind of spoke to him or had him, you know, disagreeing a little bit. You could just see that they're both, on this other level and being able to use music and even composition as far as, you know, putting together uh, a concert piece or, uh, you know, a number of selections, how that could, I don't know, they're just, they're connoisseurs, you know, in the way that like other people might pair, you know, wine with something like just the, the way they talk about putting together music. In addition, I loved in this most recent episode where, you know, we're going to talk about the second lead girl, but she has an opportunity to apply to teach at this university. And so uh, Sung Ah goes to her master class and it just happened to work out that way. But she gives her advice that is really helpful, really specific, and it reveals like the way that she's playing violin reveals kind of who she has been and potential for who she might be. And so I just, I love it. I love the way they're using music in this particular show. I'm really enjoying how the actors are playing some of their actual pieces. You know, it really brings a reality, a sense of real realism yeah, <laughs> to the show and I'm not always thinking oh they're flashing to someone else you know because a lot of shows if it's athletes or like ice skaters or pianists or stuff it'll be like oh they're just flashing to hand scenes it's obviously not them playing but and again it's not them all the time but they do play some of their own stuff some of the easier pieces and it's really enjoyable to kind of have it sets so you, you do feel like you're actually seeing the characters do their own work. And I like that aspect of it a lot. See, my only complaint is I wish that they would uh, have the classical music a little bit more throughout the um, soundtrack. Like I feel like some of the pieces that they're like the ballads and stuff that they're picking, I wish that they would be a little bit more in tune with the rest of it. Cause I love the rest of it. I love the, the use of the pieces and with the characters and all of that. I just wish that it would transfer into some of the more like romantic songs that they're using and all that kind of stuff. It just takes me out a little bit of like, Oh, here's an it's this song could be in any drama. And I wish that the song didn't feel like it could be in any drama, but that it was for this drama, which I know you, they can't always have like specific classical or classical sounding, or I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly what they should, they could do instead of that, but that's the only part. Like, cause I really like one of the K Muse had to point it out to me and I was watching it really late at night, but like where he plays, um, 
Winter Sonata or Moonlight Sonata. Moonlight Sonata. (laughs) He plays Moonlight Sonata and then brings it into Happy Birthday and all of that. And like what that meant to her and how that just set the scene. And that was when he asks her to be his friend, right? I think that's the same scene where Mm -hmm. he asks her to be a friend. And like that whole scene with the music included and everything. And, and, and even like you were saying, K-Drama Jen, where it like her, the way she, cause that's the second female lead. That's my favorite scene with her so far, but where mm-hmm. you can kind of see what kind of player of the violin that, cause I, I can't listen to her playing and go, oh, she does. She's not as good as, as the rest of them or she sucks. Like I can't listen to her. You know, I listen, I can listen, watch her and go, she's very technical. And I think that is kind of what that they were saying, but like, I loved how they used that to show what kind of musician she is and just her playing that piece and then their relationship and how she was able to, to step outside of the drama that was going on and be a good teacher. And I really liked that. So I just wish they would, I don't know, be a little bit more creative about their, their other songs. And I'm with, I'm with K Muse. I am so glad that both of these actors can play their instruments and play them well. Because it definitely takes me out of the drama. Um, like, I adore 30, but 17, but that actress cannot play the violin. And I don't <laughs> play the violin, and I can tell. So, but yeah, so that that helps me. Other than that, I am kind of a classical music enjoyer. I have a couple of favorite pieces that I can pick out, but other than that, you know, it all, I won't say it sounds the same, but it all sounds the same. <laughs> and so I just, I do appreciate that the tone of the music, the classical music that they've chosen does fit the the show very very well so i feel that we need to have a little extra time to talk about the second leading actress um i originally put how much we dislike her but i guess not all of us dislike her so we're going to debate this about what we like about her or what we find very unpleasant about her so we need to talk about her a little bit more i know this is one of my favorite least favorite styles of acting where it I call it the resting mopey face where the face is always set in a kind of a unhappy expression like Mm -hmm. even if she's not necessarily unhappy in a situation her face always looks unhappy and the director has chosen to definitely have this actress emote this feeling excessively. (laughs) Um, And we know that it's, I think at the director's decision, because we do get a few flashbacks where she isn't having this expression that never ends that she currently is in a mood. And so that really just puts me off to begin with. And then her actions are very, I know she's supposed to have reasons and that she's sad and her mother died and she was stuck in a relationship that she didn't want to be in, I guess, for some reason, why she couldn't have dumped him before then. I don't know. But it just all of it, it was just like, ugh, I hate seeing you on the screen. And some of the episodes, she was on double the amount of the main couple, which just made it unbearable to get through. And so I'm just really not liking her. And I know that some of you will extensively say why. And so I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, and I think I said it earlier, I just, this type of character, like in general, I don't necessarily know. I think it's the actress or the, you know, anything, the 
but the type of character who is feels owners, like, I don't know, so they feel I grew up with them or we, you know, we've known each other for this long or whatever. And they have that like ownership of a person. I always hate that when it comes to, um, to dramas, but it, she's just frustrating. It's hard to understand her a lot of times. I do understand that they want me to feel sorry for her. I don't usually feel sorry for her. And I like this actress. Like she was in history, rookie history, whatever. And at very beginning, she kind of came off as maybe I was going to feel the same way about her character, but then ended up being one of my, I loved her. So I, it's not the actress. I just, again, I feel like it's that, that type of old school K drama character where they grew up in with the person and then the, the male lead is in love with them. And then you have to live half the drama where the male lead is in love with the other person. Thankfully this OTP has made it to where I don't feel that way. And I enjoy their, their relationship enough that it doesn't, I don't feel like I'm like, Oh, this is so annoying. So, but she just, that's that part, that type of character just drives me crazy most of the time. You know, it's bad when her standoffish dad has to tell her to not be cruel to people. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just Mm -hmm. like, uh, you're being kind of a jerk. Stop being a jerk, you know. <laughs> For me, I, <laughs> I, I was ready to write her off when she went from, I mean, she's done some pretty, like, petty type things. She's also done some pretty, like, over-the-top kinds of things. And I know she, for reasons, right? We know she's got reasons. But I, I was like, no. But the scene where she is the teacher, like where she's trying out to be the university professor here, she could have gone really petty. Like, you know, Chung Sung Ah is playing the violin and she is not as good as everybody else. She could have gone petty. And instead, she gave her real feedback. And when Chung Sa afterwards asked her, like, how how do I do that? Like, how do I stop being hesitant? How do I, you know, just attack the piece? And she said, I don't know either. I just know what it's supposed to be. And so it was really revealing kind of, of, of where she is in her life and kind of her feelings. So it's making me feel like maybe we're going to get more depth from her because she was doing all of these things and it's it was really hard for me to understand like she kissed him and we find out later she was jealous of him and all that he has done and she's got this boyfriend who or fiance or whatever he was who <laughs> I'm pretty sure she didn't accept <laughs> right yeah, yeah. And, but he was so so like just smitten with her and and would do anything and she just kind of abused him like and she would send you know like she mixed messages and all kinds of things so I get it like yes there's there's something clearly going on with her she's gone through trauma she's not a very nice person but I'm feeling like there was a turning point here where maybe she has some potential to come into her own because she was kind of a child prodigy 
who didn't live up to that. She wasn't able to kind of um, come all the way through and, and be the best. Um, and she's been rejected from other positions. And so I almost feel like we're at a tipping point, turning point kind of thing. If she had gone super petty during the audition or the master class and, you know, embarrassed her or, you know, something like that, I would have written her off forever. But the fact that she gave her real feedback, especially in contrast to the woman, the, the professor that supposedly is taking Chungsa under her wing, who just dusts things and makes and listens to her play. <laughs> She's just and using never her. Gets her yeah. Yeah, yeah. And never gives yeah. her feedback. So. So anyway, I, do, I, I do agree with you her. that she has that that moment. I was like, OK, she has potential for them to show me that she's a character that need needs to be able to grow and move past her mm-hmm. emotional turmoil and petting, you know, like and, and and all the like her obsession connection or whatever with her with June, you know, June Young and Bolt and him, too. Like he needs to get over her and move past her and just like not have to deal with her. But. I don't know if they'll be able to make me not like her, but I, I totally agree with you that that scene is like a turning point and I'm interested to see where it goes from there. But I have to say, I hate that it took until episode eight that we got this redempt- redemptive glimpse into her because in my head, I've been calling her the mopey spoiled princess because that's exactly what she is. And there has been no change in that one note until halfway through the drama. And I don't know. It just, for me, if I'm going to have someone who has a redemption arc, I want to see glimmers of that much earlier than halfway through because I, I'm kind of with you. My dislike of her is so strong at this point that there, I highly doubt that I'll appreciate her reasons for being mopey. And I'm not sure that I'm going to ever feel like she's able to fully redeem herself. So that that's where I'm at with her character. I just I don't feel that she was written well enough to become likable. Okay, so speaking, and I think this has a lot to do with her character, is the elite part of among the uh, the faculty, the musicians, the wealthy, and it, does this add to the story or is it just irritating? And in my opinion, I feel like you could not have their story and their setup without having this elitism. I mean, bottom line, when it comes to classical music, when it comes to being in a symphony, when it comes to, you know, uh, people that are at that level, there is definitely elitism. You can't get around it. It's going to be there in colleges, especially in these nuance, these separate programs that aren't just your regular, like when it comes to having talent or any of that kind of stuff, there's going to be those different levels. And the professors in this drama are kind of awful. Um, they're all you, they're very uh, like that elitism of like, I hate the way that they talk about her. And it's like, you know, this is a college you're supposed to be. And I'm sure it's, hopefully it's not this way in high school, but I'm sure it's this way in high school too. But it's like, you're supposed to help these students become better. You're not just supposed to find, the very talented ones and then ignore everybody else. And that's kind of the way that a lot of these seem is like, they just care about the ones that is going to give them a name of like, Oh, I was the student's teacher professor. And so now I'm, you know, special. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I think I just agree completely with what you said. I don't know if I can add much beyond that, but it does have to exist for the story of our leads to exist and for them to grow and to see the comparison of what their mindset about music is compared to these people that are just using it as a status symbol. And so I do enjoy that. The the elitism in the story, and it's just interesting how layered it is because it is there's the elitism in the professors and it motivates them to do, I don't know, my professors, when I was in my master's program, they were not this horrible. There was kind of a hierarchy, but they weren't this selfish. So it was, it's a little disturbing to watch. And then the musicians themselves, I really, I really hate that catty, catty classmate that also does the internship with Song Ah. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't she also kicked out for being at the bottom of the orchestra the on the in the first episode? Yeah. Yeah. So she's all catty and yet she barely is creeping by herself anyway. And then, (laughs) (laughs) of course, there's always the wealthy versus the not wealthy. So I think it's actually kind of clever writing to use these layers to motivate the characters. I have to say, um, yeah, I I agree with everything that you're saying. I think that, that having this within that elite world really does lend itself to the story. It helps us really understand the pressures that they're under. Um, it helps us understand where Jun Young is coming from and and how he had to work so hard to make money and maybe left the love of his hobby or his passion behind um, or potential passion. And then just just what poor Sangha is dealing with when she is, you know, just plodding through as much as she can. And here she is trying now to get into graduate school. Um, Yeah, I agree with all that you guys were saying. So to expand on that, we see that one of the overall themes is about finding your place in the musical world, regardless of your talent levels. One of my favorite moments just not necessarily with our leads, but I love when uh, CEO Yoon is talking about why he doesn't play anymore because he gave up professionally playing uh, his cello. And he's all like, well, I was going through the motions and then I came across a girl who happened to be Sangha and she wasn't the best, but she put so much effort and love into playing the instrument. And I realized that I just don't have that. And it was very cool moment that I wish we could see more of that from him. And I thought it was a really well, he found where he wanted to be, which I thought was cool. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. And I think just kind of looking at song and her passion for the violin, but I think she's also level-headed personally, her gift her gift for music manifests itself early on in her internship when she puts together those programs. Mm-hmm. And it's her intimate knowledge of the classical pieces that makes it so that she puts together a successful program. So in that way, I would say that's probably where her career is headed. But at the same time, she has so much passion. I hope she doesn't bypass that as a possible career path and just keeps playing the violin on the side. But I don't know. I don't know where the story's going to take her. And same with June Young, because obviously, yes, he's lost his passion for competing, but at the same time, he needs to. Everybody's kind of in a mix. They're kind of, I don't want to say they're stagnant, but they're definitely, they don't have their feet under them yet. 
I totally agree that her internship really revealed where her true talent is when it comes to music. And maybe she's not going to be the best performance uh, major, but wow, her ability to put together the program, I think, is truly her talent. Um, And we see that from the very beginning. So I loved that, um, that part of it. I think that um, just those examples of how she's slowly going to find her place. And I think that's really important. Um, and even the way that like going back to the master's class, you need a good coach. You need a good teacher who's going to guide you and show you what parts of it you need to work on. And she hasn't really had anybody who has taken her seriously and given her that feedback. And so I think that, um, again, I think that scene is probably going to be really pivotal in many, many ways. Another scene with her um, showing her strengths was when the mom got so upset that her child hadn't made it. And she was able to kind of bestow some knowledge and some wisdom onto the mom to calm her down. And so I feel like she would work really well as somebody who organizes that, but also can communicate really well. She knows the language. She knows how it feels to be on the different, you know, this different sides of when you have somebody schooling you and teaching you how to do it. I think she has a really good rounded perspective that she could fit in a lot of different professions within the music, the, you know, that community. So I think that if she can get past possibly not, you know, playing the violin to make money, but using her knowledge that she gained through going to school to play the violin, she's got a lot of different things that she, and she can also use her business major that she did. Like, I feel like that helped her as well. So I think everything that she's done up until this point is really going to make her able to be successful. June Young's the one that I'm a little bit like, boy, I'm not quite sure where you're going to find your place. Cause I just don't think like any of the avenues he's currently going in, like he needs to be able to find a place where he's not having to shell out money and take out loans for his dad and parents and everything that he can find some financial freedom from them, but also find something within the community where he likes doing it. So I don't know if it's going to be playing or not, but I don't know that I see anything. (laughs) I don't don't know if they've shown his other talents of what else he would be good at because they just kind of, he practices a lot which is what you do as a professional musician. So, you know, I, that's probably <laughs> the avenue that he'll end up taking. But I think it'll, I think what he is really, when he'll break free is when he starts, stops listening to his stupid professor and just starts mm-hmm. playing things that he is passionate about. And he's just going to be on fire, like when he starts playing that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was key when, um, how the professor said that you should, basically play to the middle, right? Mm-hmm, like you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to get, you know, you can't make everybody happy. So just play, you know, strive for mediocrity, kind of like just strive to be, to meet the bear, you know, make sure that everybody gives you like an eight. 
instead of taking risks. And right. again, like I think he can learn from Chung Sa because she's going to also have to take some risks. So speaking of taking risks, we have, I think, pretty much everybody who confessed. Um, <laughs> so we have, you know, these double love triangles. And so far, every person in the love triangle triangle has said I like you to at least one other person which is kind of crazy so um what do we think about that I have to say that it's it's really interesting to have that many people you know we have the friend who confessed to the um originally to the to CEO Yoon Mm -hmm. and we have him who finally confessed to Chung Sa and then we have the other triangle where the other people have confessed. Boy, it, it's kind of confusing. But I'm actually, the one that I'm glad about is that Chung Sa confessed to Jun Young. And he responded very honestly. And he told her how he felt about this girl that he'd grown up with. And then he asked her to wait for him. And we have a whole scene where you can hear how the girl, her um, Chung Sa's sister is complaining about how the manager had given that she basically was waiting, had been asked to wait. And so the case that she wanted was given to somebody else. And you can kind of see what's happening with Chung Sa through the situation that happened to her sister. Uh, However... Maybe waiting's going to pay off. And then we have a little bit of sizzle at the end of episode eight. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Confession, confession, confessions. I liked how mature Sangha's confession was. She just laid it out there. And she realized that he needed time. But that maybe it wasn't going to go her way. And she did seem to accept that. That it, you know... She's not entitled to his love. And I think that's something that was missing in a lot of the other confessions is they did feel like, well, you should love me. Why Why don't you love me? You know? And so I really liked how she did it and how she was talking to her friend that, you know, I confessed. I put it all out there, but it's probably not going to work out in my direction. I just don't feel that you know, he'll be able to get past what he needs to get past to reciprocate. But she didn't whine and cry. She was like, I'll go on with life. And I thought that she had a very positive attitude towards confessing to someone. And we don't always see that in dramas. So what I find interesting is that the only confessions that have not taken place is the two leads ever verbally confessing to the people that they were in love with when the show started. I mean, there it's implied with Jun Young, like that she obviously knows that he liked her and all of that. But every time she pushes him and is like, say it, you love me, you know, you do like, he's never said it out loud because of course, you know, hello, she was dating his best friend. And then with the other, like Song Ah, she doesn't really have the opportunity, I guess, because since he's been back, you know, all of this stuff with she's been falling in love with somebody else. So it's like she kind of, I think at this point would be like, well, I used to like you, but I don't really anymore. But I just find it interesting that those are the two people who haven't confessed to the people that they thought they loved at the beginning of the show. Everybody else and all their confessions uh, 
the ones that in the the with the cello guy, I can't remember his name, but the CEO Yoon, like his was his didn't bug me either because he was just kind of like, okay, I need to, I just need to tell you, I just need to get this out there, and he doesn't, I don't think, know exactly what's going on with her and Jun Young. The only one that was the second lead girl, her, and like you were saying, I confess to you, and you obviously love me, so we've we've got to be together. That's the only one that was a little bit like, eh. but I'm just very curious if the other, the main leads will ever like say it out loud of, yeah, I used to like you, but I don't like you anymore. That's hopefully what will come of them. But especially out of June Young, I think he needs to just, he needs to cut it off with Mopey Spoiled Princess. And I think that's the only way he's going to be able to do that is be blunt with her, but he's not in a position yet emotionally to do that. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just, I was just thinking about it because I'm the one that wrote this question. I was like, holy crap, everyone has confessed (laughs) at this point. But I like what Song Ah's dad had to say because he went into her her room later after she was listening to her sister complain about about getting passed over for that case. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, waiting's not a bad thing. I wait all the time. I wait for a taxi. I wait for the subway. I wait for my food. And he just, he shows her the other side of waiting. And even though he's being kind of funny, you can see the acceptance in her eyes that waiting's not always a bad thing. So I, I liked that. I like, I like relatable parents. So where do we want to see this story go? And for me, I just, I think we've pretty well covered it. I just, I want to see Jun Young just get a spine and do what he needs to do. And I know he's not there yet. And like I said, he's not annoying. So I'm happy to cheer him on to get that spine. And I just, I want to see Song Ah just step into a position where she's valued for what she brings to the table. Mm, yeah. I I just want to see the story unfold. I think they're doing a really great job right now. They've got kind of this just gentle understanding between the two of them, but and you can feel the potential of their relationship, but they don't have their own lives figured out. And so I feel like they're either going to figure that out together or they're going to figure that out on their own and then be good for each other. But I'm just buckled up for the for the unfolding of this story. So I think it's going in a good direction. I just want to watch it happen. I want to watch them grow. In addition to what you guys have already said, I would like to see the uh, post-piano lesson performance later on. More of that. More of that. <laughs> I want to see the encore. I want to see the encore of that <laughs> performance. That's where I want the story to go. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. So our final thoughts. We have another eight episodes to go. So we'll be finishing. We'll do the final pod cap next time. And I'm just excited because this OTP, I feel like even with the angst around them, that that they're going to make me happy throughout the rest of the drama. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And for me, I hope that we see just more growth. I'm looking forward and and quite frankly, more kisses and just looking forward to seeing them just grow together again. I love the use of music. Um, it's a happy place drama for me. So for my final thoughts, I if people haven't started it, boy, 
you just listened to a podcast where we gave a lot of spoilers. <laughs> but, but if you haven't started it, I recommend it. I, I feel have- like, one second, I just feel like we should throw in that we need a pair of abs just because I was thinking of Seal Kita. <laughs> and this is where she would yell abs. And so this is for you, Seal There have not been any abs. There have not. No. And I don't yeah. know if they're appropriate. There probably won't. Yeah, it's not really. Seal Kita would want a set of abs even if they are not appropriately for the story. <laughs> An angsty shower scene would be fine, mm, right? I mean, yeah. you could play the piano and then go take a shower. <laughs> Pianist needs a shower. And I'm just, I'm glad I started this drama and I'm glad to be sticking with it. And I'm glad that we get to podcap it. So that's where I'm at. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Feel free to send us your thoughts and feelings about the podcast. And if there is a specific actor or theme that you'd like for us to discuss, then just let us know. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing. 